This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're going to be talking about six hot button topics and how they can potentially impact your retirement. With me today, I have Kelsey Banky, uh, Certified Financial Planner at Stirk Financial. Hi, Kelsey. Hello, Mary. All right. So as the world turns, <laughs> there are things that happen in the government. There are things that happen in the other countries of the world. There are geopolitical risks that affect us. There is lots and lots of media about different things. And it's really hard to distill some of what's happening out in the world down to the level of how does it impact me? How does it impact me and my retirement? And that's a little bit about what we want to talk about today and um, how the different things that are happening in the world could potentially impact you and your actually pocketbook, your actual pocketbook. Now, here's what I want to say. This show is not designed to be political commentary. We're not taking a stand one way or another on things. That's not the purpose of today. The purpose of today is simply to show you or educate you on how some of these things can actually have an impact on you and your own financial situation. Okay, so the first thing that I want to talk about is the Affordable Care Act, and that is something commonly known as Obamacare. So... One of the fastest changing, I think, places in our system today is the healthcare system. Would you agree? I would agree. And it's extremely important to understand how this impacts your retirement because there's a lot of people that are they're making when they retire that decision based on what's going on in the healthcare yes. um, sector. So um, understanding what currently is the law and how it could potentially change in the future, even though technically it's unlimited mm-hmm. <laughs> potential on how it could change. Um, but understanding those things is, is very important. So this was a big change that happened um, when they went to the American Healthcare Act. So the here's the thing that I think is most important to know about this. Obamacare was defined by making insurance compulsory for all Americans. And the intention behind it really was to reduce cost by having everyone enrolled. So if everyone is sharing the cost, then everyone's cost would go down. That was the theory. The problem that it basically ran into was that not enough people enrolled and so the cost didn't shift down the way that it was anticipated to so there there was hundreds and thousands and people that enrolled in it but unfortunately it wasn't enough to get to the cost savings and not enough states participated in having what are called exchanges to really drive it down to the personal level at the state level all right so Regardless of whether it worked or not, one of the things that did happen with the new tax law is that the requirement that all Americans have health care was lifted and it's no longer a law as of 2019. So the basic premise of Obamacare of everyone has to have it 
and now this new tax law lifted that, basically undermined the Obamacare enough to the point where it's probably not going to be able to be functional because its entire underlying premise is no longer valid. Okay, so with what that does to your retirement is this: your retirement needs to have health care. <laughs> And as I see it, the most important part of the whole health care issue with the Affordable Care Act was that there was no pre-existing conditions. So everybody could get health care regardless of their pre-existing conditions. So what that meant was if you wanted to retire early, then you could retire early and then you could go get personal health care even if you were sick that would carry you until you were 65 and you could go on Medicare. Now... With these changes that are happening, I think that that has potential to not quite be so easy for early retirees to deal with. You know, Kelsey, when when we're working with clients, I would say that one of the most common things that we hear from people is, well, I'd like to retire early, but I don't know what to do about my health care. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely um, a big factor and something to consider because if you want to go earlier than 65, you have to figure out that healthcare piece. You're at a position and a, a place in your life, an age where you can't really afford to take the risk of not having healthcare. Right. Because something um, just even minor can be catastrophic to your retirement savings. It can be, you know, and, and you don't want that to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> not when it's something that you should be able to insure for. Right, exactly. So the bottom line is this, and this is how the shifting sands of the Affordable Care Act affects you. Right now, you can still get insurance with pre-existing conditions. But by 2019, the anticipation is that's likely to change. We don't know what it's going to look like. But because of the change that was introduced within the tax bill that recently passed, there is going to be change. So if you want to retire early this year and lock in some health care if you're ill, that might be something to think about. But when you're planning for retirement, you are going to have to figure out a plan for that gap. So it might mean you have to work longer and stay on a group plan if you've got sickness of you and your spouse and you need to have that group coverage. Or it might mean that prices are going to go up and you have to expect to spend $1,000 or more per person per month if you're going to self-insure outside of a group plan. And that's really how the shifting sands of healthcare affects you. All right, so while we're on the topic of healthcare, let's talk a little bit about Medicare. Medicare is just a giant part of the federal budget. I think it's just a massive number. Do you know what the percentage is, Kelsey? 25%. <laughs> That's huge. 25% of the federal budget is Medicare. Think about that. That is amazing. And one of the issues is that the current Medicare system is expected to have a lot of unfunded liabilities coming up, meaning they don't know where they're going to get the money to pay for it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but as a financial planner, I don't like the idea of unfunded liabilities. No, it's <laughs> kind of something we try to avoid. <laughs> what we do. Well, the truth is that healthcare is expensive, and senior citizens are the biggest consumer of healthcare services. And that's why part of the reason is that Medicare is such a big ticket item. Well, it kind of plays along the same concept. We've talked about Social Security many times, and we'll talk about it again today, but 
it it kicks in at 65, but if you think back to many, many years ago, people didn't live a lot, a lot longer than that. And with all the medical advancements, we are keeping people alive longer, and it's just building into this this behemoth of a of a program that is difficult to fund. And you look at how they're passing the the budgets nowadays when they pass one, it seems to be um, less common that they do. But the budget cuts that they're talking about, that's when 25% of the budget is healthcare, you, you feel like your hands are, are tied behind your back. So right, exactly. um, it's just interesting to see these, these numbers. I think the other thing that's important to understand is, you know, you see different numbers at different times, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 2030, the trust fund that is right now funded to pay for Medicare Part A, which is the free benefit that you get with Medicare, it covers hospitals. Um, that trust fund is probably going to be bankrupt by 2030. So what I what I want all of the listeners to hear me saying is sometime between now and then, someone is going to have to address the Medicare issue. Someone in the government is going to have to come up with a better plan because right now the plan is it's just going to run out of money <laughs> in about 12 years. <laughs> It doesn't mean there will be no money. It just means there won't be enough money to cover all the claims of the people that are there. So when you're planning for your retirement and what this means to you is that you can expect to know what the Medicare costs are now. But if you're 12 years or more away from retirement, we don't know what it's going to be like. And if you're in retirement and receiving Medicare, we also don't know what it's going to change what's going to change for you who are already on claim. But the one thing that I can tell you as my best guess is expect the cost that you have to pay to go up. So anticipate it, plan for it. I don't know if it's going to double, but I would say that if you can plan for that in your budget down the road, that's probably a pretty good thing to at least have the buffer in your retirement plan to account for it. Yeah, and this is something to really pay attention to because depending on what happens with a lot of these hot button issues, it could make your expenses go up. And I think people who are um, planning their retirement and not assuming that expenses are going to go up, we have a lot of people that... um, forget about inflation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but inflation is just one piece of the puzzle. Um, these are these are not fixed expenses. These are things that can and, sh- and will move um, on target because they have to fund this somehow. So make sure you have plenty of extra wiggle room in that budget. And, uh, and if you don't feel like you do, then maybe look at creative ways to make some extra money or work a little bit longer in retirement. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about some hot button topics, politically, geographically, geopolitically. <laughs> so whatever side of the fence you're on, it doesn't really matter. What we're concerned about is how these hot button topics can actually affect you and your retirement. All right, so we talked about the Affordable Care Act and we talked about Medicare and potential issues and changes with those. Now I want to talk a little bit about Social Security. I think that's a hot button topic for a lot of people. All right, so Medicare, we just said, makes up 25% of the federal budget. But guess what makes up 
the next 24%. (laughs) Social security. Social security it is. Interesting little tidbit. Social security is 9% more of the federal budget than defense spending. Well. Yes, I know. That made me go, hmm, really? So we have Medicare, social security, and defense. And then there's like, what, 30% less? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, here's the deal. Social Security is projected to also run out of money at some point in time. And it's not, again, that it's not going to have any money. It's just not going to be enough money. And Kelsey, I know you shared with me recently some statistics you read about what was anticipated. They're expecting to run out of money sometime, you know, around 2034 or close to that. The number changes a little bit all the time. And... They're trying to obviously make that last as long as possible. But what would happen, um, based on some specialists that I've talked to, is that the the pool of money that they can use to pay um, out the Social Security benefits would run out. And then they'd be left to only distribute what was collected each year. So based on some projections, um, what they estimate they would be able to pay out if that happened is only about 75% of what um, your full retirement amount would be. So it's kind of an interesting, right before the break we were talking about, be prepared if your expenses go up. But this is also saying, be prepared if your income goes down. Exactly. Which is kind mm-hmm. of a scary situation to be in. Not that it's not, you're, you're completely able to plan and project this kind of thing. So that's just important to know how something like that would impact you. Just the same as it's important to know how raising expenses would impact you. But they are trying to do a lot of things um, with Social Security. Um, and I don't think, and again, talking to some specialists, it doesn't appear like... It would impact people already in retirement necessarily. They're going to try to make adjustments that are going to impact people who aren't already collecting those benefits. But who knows? Right. So you (laughs) might be safe if you're already getting your check. Mm -hmm. Or if you're close, very close to it. Right. You know, um, people my age (laughs) will probably see an increase in the (laughs) the full retirement age or especially the the younger, even younger generations. So um, it'll be interesting to see where this one goes. Um, But really, between that and the Medicare, those are two very big issues that could have a lot of impact. So um, make sure you're addressing that. Make sure you're planning for that as you you near your retirement. One of the things that I don't think people really know is that federal law prohibits Social Security from deficit spending, which means they can't go in the red. So if they literally don't have the money, they can't borrow the money to pay the claims. They can only pay in or pay out from what's in the trust fund or from what's being collected. I do think, though, that there's been some studies that have been done that show that even small incremental pushbacks in the age that people start to receive Social Security make a big, very lasting impact on things. So right now we see Social Security ages anywhere from 65 to 67, but my hunch is we'll probably start seeing them move from 67 towards 69 and even 70 to actually be able to start them. And there's, I mean, there's so many different ways that they can help fill that gap. Um, 
right now there's a cap on, on wages on where Social Security is paid. They could raise that cap or lift that cap completely. Um, they could increase what's coming in, reduce what's going out. There's just there's so many different um, ways to solve this puzzle, and it'll probably be a combination of several things mm-hmm. so that no one um, group of people is feeling a really severe p- impact, but yet all sharing the, the load. Okay, let's move on to another hot button issue. This one's really been in the news in the last year, and that has to do with immigration. So you might not really think about immigration as a retirement issue, but did you know that almost 30% of doctors and 16% of all healthcare professionals are, in fact, immigrants? I think that's kind of a fascinating statistic. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see that number. So... Senior citizens are the ones that use the most medical resources, and we have a projected shortfall of doctors by the year 2025. They're anticipating a shortfall of over 90,000 doctors. So the reason that immigration ties to your retirement is if there's a shortage of doctors and you're in the group that are using doctors the most, you're likely to have trouble getting access to as much healthcare resources as you'd like to. And so immigration laws, if they prohibit professionals that are in the medical profession from coming over to our country, it further decreases your access to some of these healthcare resources. That's how it affects your retirement. (laughs) It's just, it's interesting because I bet no very few people who are nearing retirement have ever considered immigration to be something a big that retirement hot yeah. button issue. Yep. But again, people are living way longer than they were ever um, projected to live, and and the num the age uh, life expectancy keeps ticking up every year. Um, I, I was just talking with somebody this past weekend who's 104, 104 <laughs> years old. Like That's we awesome. weren't ever expected to live that long. Um, and, and think so, about that. That person, if they started Social Security at 65, would have been on it for <laughs> almost 40 years. Right? That's crazy. <laughs> and they probably paid into it maybe 43, 44 years. You know, not well, probably even not, because at that point, it wouldn't have been around for long enough. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I was just thinking back, so, okay, if they started when they were 18, but yeah. Way to so. game the system, 104-year-old <laughs> person. You won. <laughs> oh, gosh. And he's still driving. That's the, the crazy thing. Even it's just better. So... it's just a crazy, a crazy world that that is always shifting and changing. And you have all these things that um, the government has put in place that aren't necessarily real, real easily changed. So immigration is one to keep your eye on. Um, Again, we're not taking a stance on either side, just um, looking at statistics that if, if uh, the doctors that we are relying on can't get in, it could be even harder to find a doctor. All right, so the next um, hot button issue that really has had major changes here just even recently in the last few weeks is the fiduciary rule. So this was a rule introduced last year by the Department of Labor that basically stated that any retirement plan advisor should adhere to the fiduciary standard. Now, the fiduciary standard simply means that the advisor needs to act in your best interest, which... I think people really kind of thought that was the way that it was. Well, <laughs> that everybody was doing that. And we're surprised think, to find right? out they weren't. Yeah, you'd think that that was the case. But, you know, it's not always, I guess. So. so basically until recently, 
most financial professionals who sold investment products only needed to adhere to what's called a suitability standard, which means they could sell you a product if it was a good or a reasonable fit or maybe the closest fit that they had access to. Okay, it might not have been in your best interest. And the problem with the suitability standard is there's inherent conflicts of interest. So an advisor might have access to two different products that both could be considered a good fit. And there's nothing in the suitability standard that would preclude them from just selling you the one that paid the highest commission. So the Department of Labor got involved and their their goal was altruistic in let's make sure people are getting good retirement advice and not, you know, basically having all these conflicts of interest arise. But the unintended consequences and the delivery of the rule really didn't do the average American any favors. In fact, it really was going to create an environment where most Main Street Americans who didn't have millions of dollars were going to start to have trouble finding an advisor who was willing to work with them. Yeah, all these side effects came yeah. out of this. And and again, it wasn't the, the goal of this was admirable, but um, looking ahead to seeing all these, these side effects that really were going to impact the people they were trying to help um, came to light over the several months following this this whole thing. So um, we've seen a lot of changes on this rule in the last right. couple of years. <laughs> so recently, this whole rule was vacated and it was ruled in the courts that the Department of Labor overstepped their bounds. So technically, the rule is dead right now, but the SEC is starting to pick it up and say, well, what can we do? Because we do think a fiduciary standard is a good thing. So more to come, but that's a pretty mm-hmm. big shift in what's happening in the financial industry right now. Okay, last thing we'll talk about real quickly is unfunded pensions. So if you expect to collect a pension in the future, you might have a reason to be concerned about those promised benefits because most pensions have promised to pay out far more money than they have access to. And what we're seeing is that pensions are closing, pensions are crashing, especially government pensions like state-run pensions and things like that are starting to have problems. So what that means, as Kelsey was saying earlier, like with your Social Security, you might want to take a look at what would happen if your pension benefit was smaller than you anticipated or gone altogether. All right, so hot button topics, they can really get your engines running. We hope this has shed a little bit of light on how things affect you, and we thank you for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.